count every blessing is what it was. And uh, what I want you to do this morning is really what we're going to talk about is, is how good God's been to us. You know, it's really easy to get caught up in life and start thinking about all the stuff and all the crud that's going on. And we forget how good God really is and what he can really do for us and in our situations and, and how much he really loves us. So if you want to turn with me, we're going to go to, uh, to Psalm 77. Psalm 77, verse 4. But before we read it, I'm going to pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we just thank you for meeting with us here. Lord, we thank you for being so, so good to us. And Lord, we love you so much. And, and Lord, don't let us forget who you are. Don't let us forget all of the great things that you've done for us. And, and Lord, don't let us forget our salvation, Lord. Let us remember it this morning. And Lord, we just love you and we pray that you would anoint this time and that you would just speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so Psalm 77, 4 says this. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed to even pray. I think the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. And I want you to note this, verse 11. Then I recall all that you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. O oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O oh God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked at its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. I don't know about you guys, but as I was thinking about this uh, scripture last night, of course in a deer stand, and um, I, was, I was meditating on this scripture, and you know, I, I got to thinking, there's so many times that you know, I, you know, you just feel like the weight of the world's just kind of pressing in. You know, you, uh, you kind of feel like, you know, maybe God's turned his back on you, or you know, you can feel, you know, hopeless and, and helpless and, you know, and, and all the different things going on in this world. I was listening to a deal on Caleb the other day, and they said, I think it was that for you to do everything uh, to keep you, you know, healthy and happy and fulfill everything that we need to do in a, in a day, you would need 40 hours in a day to get done all that you need to get done. And obviously, we only have 24. 
And so to think about that in perspective, you know, it, it can feel sometimes like, you know, you can never get enough done and that there's always so much to do. And, you know, you just feel hopeless and helpless and the mountain just seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger and you don't know how you're ever going to get through it. And, you know, it can even get to the point to where, you know, life is stealing sleep from you. It can, just like this, this psalm writer is, is writing, got himself in a point to where he literally was, was sleepless because of all the different stuff that was going on. And, you know, we, we live in a world today where, you know, I, I can't even tell you how much I hear about, you know, man, I'm, I'm depressed. You know, man, I got anxiety. Man, I got all this different stuff. And I'm sure like a lot of our college students, you know, with midterms being this week and that kind of stuff, it can just feel like the weight of the world is just crushing down on you. You know, you can't ever get enough done. And I can't tell you how many times I hear people talking about that. Man, I have this anxiety problem. And they say, oh, we'll just take a few pills and, you know, it'll go away and all this different stuff. Uh, but we're going to talk about this today. But I remember, or I always think about the scripture we talk about all the time in Second Timothy, that it says, I wouldn't give in a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, we weren't given a spirit of depression. We weren't given a spirit of anxiety. We weren't given a spirit of, of hopelessness. We were given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And if you look at the fruits of the spirit, it says the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if these are the things that God is promising us, but it's these other things that we're feeling, there, there's something wrong in the mix. You know, something uh, else is trying to influence, you know, our daily life. And, and it can just feel, feel like the weight of the world is, is pressing in. But where the heart of all this comes from is it was the other day and I found myself frustrated. And I can't even remember what I was frustrated about. Obviously, it was that important that I needed to be frustrated about. I don't remember what it is. But I was frustrated about something, and I was, I think I was really letting uh, my day get to me because I was frustrated about this one thing. And the Lord told me, he's like, you know, dude, you're blessed. You, you don't understand, you know. No, no matter how bad this day gets, you're going to go home, and your wife's still going to be at home. You know, you're going to go home, and there's going to be food for you to eat. There's going to be all these different things. But you're so caught up in this one little thing that you're mad about that you're forgetting about all of the other blessings that I've given you and all of the things that you have in this life. And it's so easy to get caught up in the, in the day-to-day things. But just like the psalm writer writes, the, the transition from him having sleepless nights, the transition from him having the anxiety and, and depression, all that stuff, as he says, but I will recall all that the Lord has done. And I think a lot of times we forget all that the Lord has done for us, all the ways that he's seen us through, and we're standing on a mountain of blessings wondering why that we're not getting this or that or the other, but if we just look down for a second and realize all that we're standing on, we'd realize how good the Lord has been to us and how faithful he is to us. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about this a little bit, but if you look in, in Scripture, man, you see so many ways that the Lord has been faithful to his people. Man, we see in here all kinds of circumstances where, where the Lord does crazy things 
to see his people through. Just like even in the psalm that we read where they were going through the Red Sea. Crazy that a sea can open up and that God's people can walk through it. You know, there's nothing, no extent that the Lord won't do to see that his people get what they need and be with him. That's the, the point of all of it. And so we, we look at all this, and then, you know, if you look through the Bible, you know, they have written out all these uh, different names for God in Greek and Hebrew, but, you know, God shows himself as our provider. He shows himself as our healer. He shows himself, you know, as the author and perfecter of faith, you know. He is our salvation. He is faithful. He is, I mean, and he just keeps constantly revealing who he is to us. And what we can't do is we can't forget that God does still heal today. We can't forget that God is still good today. That regardless of whatever goes on in life, that he is still good. And he's still going to be faithful to us. And the thing is, is that not only has he done all of this, but he's also done something personally for each and every one of us. More than one thing. But just as a blanket statement, he has done something for everyone in this room. If God's ever been faithful to you in something, just raise your hand. So if you had a question, you can just look around and see. However, 200 people we have in here can all attest at some point in time that God was absolutely faithful to them. And we can't forget today how good he really is. But, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit. And just like me, we get stuck in the, in the day-to-day grind and we forget about these things. We forget of all that the Lord has done. And we forget, honestly, what I think it comes down to is we forget our purpose. And we forget, you know, why we even started doing some of the things that we do in the first place. But when we recall all that God has done, not only does it remind us of, our, of his faithfulness and his goodness, but it also gives us an opportunity to give our, our situation to him and let his mighty hand work in it. And it doesn't matter what it is. But the more that you remind yourself of God's promises, the less you're going to be stressed out about all these other things that are going on. It's kind of like walking back from a tree stand in the dark. You know? You don't know if you're going to get eaten or not. But you have to trust and know that you're going to make it to the truck. No matter how long of a walk it is. And uh, so, anyways, we're going to talk about hunting eventually today. So... Just prepare yourself for that. But I want, what I want to do before we move into this, the, the fun part of this, is I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I just want you to think about, even from the beginning of your life until now, and think about how good God has really been. Think about some of the, I don't know, highlights, if you will, of where, man, God really moved, where he really was, and I got to see his, his hand in my life. Think about, you know, why did you start doing some of the things that you do now? Why, why are you married to the person that you're married to now? You know, why, why did some of this stuff start? And, and look back on God's hand through all of it. If you got to, write them down. I'm a forgetful guy. My wife will tell you. Sometimes you got to write them down so you don't forget. But you can go ahead and open your eyes with, with all those things in mind. I'm going to share uh, really two with you today, okay? And, uh, but in regards to sometimes you don't know why you do what you do, I, uh, I really like to bow hunt. I, up until duck season, I will deer hunt with my bow. 
uh, as, as often as I get an opportunity. Wind's right, temperature's right, I'm in a deer stand. Even if it's not right, I'm probably still in a deer stand. And uh, I, I love it, but some days it gets so frustrating. Sometimes it's me that causes stuff to happen that makes it frustrating, and sometimes it's other people. Like, for instance, the other night, I think it was last week, there was a, a big buck I could see walking through the timber that was getting ready to walk out in this bean field, and uh, I was standing up ready to shoot it. I needed 20 seconds at most. But there's a, an easement on this property where I hunt, and uh, wouldn't you know it, the neighbor comes driving down the lane as soon as this big buck's getting ready to peek his head out of the timber, and I'm thinking, oh, man. Um, so sometimes it gets frustrating, and I think... Why in the world do I even do this? I could sell my bow, sell all my stuff, and it would just be a lot easier than, than going through this all the time. Just quit. Sometimes that's my thought. Just Let's just quit. But the other day I was sitting in the stand and I thought, okay, why, why do I even do this to myself? And I start thinking about whenever I was, uh, I was eight years old. My, uh, my grandfather took me deer hunting for the first time. And uh, I'd always wanted to go, just never really didn't. Dad quail hunted, um, didn't really deer hunt. And so Big Al took me, uh, the guy who owns the barbershop, took me deer hunting for the first time. And man, we went out there and set in a, first set in a tree stand and a doe walks out at 35 yards and I blast through with a rifle and got my first deer and I was pumped. And uh, I guess I might as well tell my story. And... Uh, so anyways, we go, and uh, the words of Brian Forrest, my story, I'll tell it how I want. And uh, he, we go, and we got this deer, right? And uh, we get back to the truck and got the deer in it and everything, and uh, Big Al can't find his phone. And so we walk all through the timber looking for this phone, and wouldn't you guess that it was sitting right underneath where we dumped that gut pile. And so, I mean, his phone is destroyed. But I think about... I think about these memories, you know, and it, it never, I mean, yeah, it was about deer hunting, but it was also about spending time with my grandfather, and it was about having that time and, and doing something fun together and all that kind of stuff, and, and all of this bow hunting and all, how serious I take and all this stuff, I make a mess out of what started out to be something that was supposed to just be fun. And it was supposed to just be, you know, spending time with people and relationships and all this different stuff. And I make it out to be something that it's really not. I put too much emphasis and too much pressure whenever really it's about having a good time in the outdoors. And so, Laura, if you click that first picture, I couldn't find one of me and my grandpa, but this was, this was little Landon hunting a few years ago. <laughs> and then click to the next one. This is, this is Landon now. And uh, notice I'm in orange and not with a bow. That's with a rifle, the equalizer. But I also duck hunted the same. And uh, my Uncle Jordan took me uh, duck hunting. And I went with Chad, I think, for the first time. And uh, Chad McKibben, we went together for the first time. And it just kind of built and built and built and built. And then, you know, before you know it, you know, I duck hunt all the time now. And so, but you can go ahead and take, take that off. But in the, uh, in the frustration of things, sometimes you got to look back and remember why you even started. And it's like that with a, a number of things in life. The, the, next, the next one that I'll, I'll talk about is, is me and Taylor. Stand up. 
And look how beautiful that girl is. That's my wife. And, uh, man, whenever I remember I was 16, and I was just a, a punk kid that was good at messing stuff up. And just like, you put your hand down. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of us, yeah, there's Taylor and I uh, on, our, on our, first, our first date. But whenever I was uh, 16, I was really good at messing stuff up and didn't really have a whole lot uh, going for me. And I, you know, I knew about God. My parents made sure I was in church and Sunday school and I knew about him. But I still didn't really know him. Does that make sense? But I knew that he answered prayer. And so, you know, frustrated with things and, you know, already done with the, frustrated with the dating deal. I said, you know what, God? Okay, this is what I want. I want, and I just start going through all this stuff. And I said, this is, this is the girl that I'm looking for. I'll marry you right now if you want me to. But this is what I'm looking for. And within a month, Taylor walked into my life. 16. And we weren't together, but a month, I'm thinking... I'm going to marry this girl. You watch. And the crazy thing is I start telling people that. And, and they're like, dude, you know, high school relationships don't work out. You know, probably not going to happen for you and different stuff like that. And, you know, put, keep your hand down. But I'm kind of stubborn. <laughs> and I told them to watch me because I was going to. And, uh, but we go through all this stuff and we start dating. And I think it was like almost at a year. And uh, Taylor goes off to school. And, you know, that was a super, super hard time for us. Because, you know, she's going to college. I was a sophomore and she was a senior when we started dating. She goes off to college. I'm stuck in high school. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just tough. You know, we joke about it sometimes that we've fallen in love six different times because we're completely different people now than we were back then. And, uh, you know, so it was just a, it was a tough time. And we ended up breaking up for a little while. And I'm thinking, you know, God... I know that you gave me this woman. So why, why is this happening? You know, why, why are we split up? Why? And I just decided, I was like, you know, I know God gave this girl to me, so I'm not going to give up. I'm going to be persistent. And for lack of better words, I'm going to keep, you know, keep selling her. You know, I'm going to bring her back. You know, I'm going to, you know, how, however you want to say that. And, uh, you know, by the grace of God, we ended up getting back together. But whenever we got back together, we, we realized something that we didn't before. And it was that we're going to have to do some things differently. You know, both of us were kind of in the same boat. Knew about God, didn't really know him, didn't really live for him. And so we had to kind of make that, that transition and uh, really start digging into the word and, and, you know, being learning to be who God really called us to be. And then that's whenever everything took off. And, and last weekend, we celebrated our uh, one-year anniversary. And so, and you can put that picture up, Norma, whenever you get a chance. And uh, not, not that one. <laughs> that one, there you go. You know, we celebrated our one-year anniversary. And we started uh, dating uh, November twenty-second, two 2012. And uh, so we would have been together six years this, this November. And uh, so it's just, it's just crazy how, how life can go. But, you know, I, I can't imagine this, but I would say there were certain times throughout the year that Taylor probably wanted to kill me. You know, that first, that first year can be tough. You know, you're figuring everything out and that kind of stuff. And I mean, I can't imagine why I'm a great guy. I, 
And, uh, but it can, be, it can get tough, and it can get rocky, and I imagine that, you know, it, it, it still is just as tough at, at 30 years and 50 years and 72 years like my great-grandparents were married, or 71, or, um, so it, it's crazy. But the thing to, that I'm trying to get across to you today is that sometimes it, it can get rocky. Um, sometimes it can, it can get tough. But what we have to do uh, through life is we have to look back and we have to remember why we started doing the things that we started in the first place. We have to remember, you know, even if it's a spouse or it's a whatever, you know, hey, why, why did we team up to begin with? It, are, are things getting rocky? Why, why did we even start doing what we're doing? Where, where was God moving whenever we decided this was what God was leading us to do? And why is that not working right now? What we have to do is we have to figure these things out and remind ourselves of God's promise. You know, whenever we get married, you know, that's, that's his covenant. He says, I'm going to bless you to the thousand generation. And so why, why am I, why is this not working? I have to remind myself of God's promises. I have to remind myself of his word. And even if I'm not seeing the results right now that I want to see, I know that God's going to be faithful. If anything else in this life is up, up in the air, I know for a fact that God's going to be faithful to me. And so in, in all of this, what some of your moments, you know, I don't know what they are, but I know that God has been faithful to you. And even in my deer hunting example, you might say, well, that's a silly example that doesn't really have anything to do with God. I guarantee you that a grandson and a grandfather spending that time together, he was just as joyful about as we were. And, you know, just the, the instances, you know, whether you're, whenever your kids got born or, you know, whatever happens in life that we're taking delight in and joy in and, and it's in God's will and it's in his word, man, he delights in it just as much as we do. And so that's what I'm trying to get across to you today is to remember those moments. Remember what it, why you even started doing the things that you're doing. Because it's really easy to get frustrated whenever they're not working out. And you can lose your purpose in, in all of it. But you have to remind yourself this morning of God's promises and what he wants to do uh, through your life. Now, I mean, it can be, it can literally be uh, a number of different things. It can be, honestly, it could even be as simple as, you know, where you're going to church this morning. You know, why, why did you start coming here to begin with? If things aren't working out for you now, why, why did you start? What, what was at the very beginning that brought you to this place? You know, for, for us, you know, it was, we were trying to figure out what in the world was going on. You know, I mean, there was 240 kids at VBS. There was uh, the Holy Spirit that we really didn't know much about. And there was all these different things. We're like, what is going on around here? And, you know, it was that curiosity that kind of drew us in. And so, but it was that pursuit of, of who God really is, is, is what it comes down to. Who, who really is this guy that I'm reading about in the scripture? I want to know him better. I want to know him more. And, you know, if, if in a, you know, a year or two years or whatever it is, and, you know, that newness rubs off, then what is it that, that I'm going to do? To, to fix it? Am I going to go try to find that in a different place? Am I going to, um, 
you know, or am I going to try to deal with, with whatever it is that's, that's causing the problem? You, you get what I mean? It can be, it can be a billion different things of, of what's going on. And, and really, I can't even answer for you what those things are to you. But quitters will always quit. It's, it's easy. It's easier. You know, people, even just different situations with uh, different people I know and marriages and stuff, you know, it's like, well, you know, this works, this isn't working out and this is working out, so we'll just get a divorce and we'll just quit. And the thing is, is that that's, that's not what's in the scripture. You know, quitting isn't, isn't the answer. The answer is to remind yourself of why it even started to begin with. Remind yourself of the promises of God. Remind yourself of all the goodness and all the blessing and everything that he's given you. And it makes it a lot easier to keep going whenever you have in perspective exactly who it is that, that God is and, and what he's asking of you to do. There's a reason that he brings a team together. I'm not as good as caring for people as Taylor is. Taylor has a soft heart. I don't always. I try, try my best. But I don't always have that that soft heart and we're a good mix because she catches me where I'm being hard-headed and uh you know we t- we team up and it's it's no different with everyone God has orchestrated every relationship and every person in this building he knew before he even found this is what blows my mind he knew before he even founded the foundations of the earth that all of us would be in this place this morning he knew that we would all be here and orchestrated every inch of it so what I also want you to remember this morning is not to enjoy the moment, but, man, live in it. Because those, those memories that we're looking back on this morning, man, those were great moments. But, man, God has, has even better moments prepared for you. He has a life that is, like it says in uh, Malachi 1.5, that I am doing something in your day something that you wouldn't even believe if someone told it to you. He wants to do something, or it might be Habakkuk 1.5, something like that. But uh, he's doing something in our day that we wouldn't even believe if someone told us. And he's wanting to do something with you this morning that's, that's far bigger than any of us. But what we have to do is remember his promises. Remember who he is this morning. And so I want, to, uh, I want to read two scriptures with you this, this morning. The first one is in Ephesians. Oh, come here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And this scripture says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. He's able to do infinitely more than anything that we could even can even wrap our minds around. He can do and, and is so much bigger and so much stronger, but we have to get to a place this morning where we are willing to let him do his thing. To let him intervene in these situations that we're talking about. You know, the mountain can seem high. It can seem too big. But just like we said, there's no, there's no mountain that's, that's big enough 
And there's no wall thick enough to keep you from the love of God this morning. He is still the mighty miracle worker that he was and right here. He can still do it again today. The second one I want to read to you is uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And it says this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? Can your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing when the lilies in the field and how they grow? They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today is enough trouble for today. Man, we get so caught up in all of these other things. And what the Lord's trying to tell us this morning is, if I can care for the the smallest of smalls, I'm going to see you through in in the highest of highs. He's faithful down to the very, very minimal things, to the very, very big things. And all he's asking of us this morning is to trust in him. And remember who he is. It's, it's no different than communion. When communion, we come up here and we, you, know, you take your bread and your juice and, and you sit down. And, and what you do is you remember. You remember how good God really is. You remember all the, all the crud and all the stuff that you've messed up and, and how beautiful he's made it. That he's willing to, to take every inch of, of sin and everything else and throw it away and wash it white as snow that you could have a relationship with him. It's no different. But we have to remember and remind ourselves of these things and know and trust that he is going to see us through. And the the issue is, is that it gets, you know, we're all running a race. We're all running a race. We're all in our own lane, running this race, fighting the good fight, right? But the problem is, is that we spend a lot of time looking in each other's lane thinking, man, they're way up here and I'm way back here and I can't get up there and I can't do all these things. Like I, uh, for instance, I have a buddy who uh, he's, he's ready to settle down. He's looking for a wife and uh, it just doesn't ever seem to work out for him. And he says, you know, he's like, dude, you and Taylor make it look easy. And I was like, dude, I promise you, it's not, it's not easy all the time. And it's, it's not and he is like, but you just make it look so easy, and I just want it to happen for me and all this stuff. And, and he, he's running his race, but he's looking in the wrong lane. And, you know, God's going to get us where he wants us. He's, he's going to position you. He's going to make it happen for you in, in his timing whenever it's right for you. Not whenever you think it's right for you, whenever it really is right for you. And even though that it may seem like someone's farther ahead, man, if you're running your race and you're staying your pace, man, you're going you're gonna to get where God wants you to go. 
But we spend a lot of time looking at each other's lane thinking, man, they got a nicer house. They got all this other stuff and they got this and that and the other and they got a marriage and they got a few kids and, oh, man, I want that. And That's not how it works. We, we spend too much time looking around and looking in the other lane whenever if you just stay the course, you remind yourself of God's promises. You remind yourself of who he really is and remind yourself that he is calling you and he does love you and he and all these other things you're going to get exactly where you want to go god says that he'll give us the desires of our heart but the truth is that he knows your desires more than you do and you have to trust him in order to get to where we're going this morning so if the praise team wants to come up i want to leave you uh, with a little thought just a little something to uh to maybe pull this together. But if I could, or I guess if you could choose between two things, you could choose between the greatest gift that God could give you, or you could choose between everything that you want in this life, which would you choose? And before you give me a church answer, okay, the kid in the back, what's two plus two? Jesus. No, that's not... Don't give me a church answer this morning. I want you to think about this. If you could choose between the greatest gift that God could give you or you could have everything you want in this life, you know, you could play on the PGA Tour and you could, you know, do all this different stuff. If you could choose, which would you choose? The truth is, is that God has already given you the greatest gift that he could give you. He gave you salvation. And the truth is, is that all this other stuff that we're talking about today, whether it's from marriage down to the littlest detail, it's all built on a foundation of salvation. If you believe in Jesus Christ this morning, that he paid the ultimate price, Lord, that he shed his blood, that you could have a relationship with him. If you really believe that this morning, all of this other stuff, all these other blessings and everything else that falls into place in this life, it doesn't matter unless I have the greatest gift that he ever gave me. I can want all these other things, but they're going to fade away like the lilies and the, and the flowers in the field. But if you have and you meditate on and you keep reminding yourself of your salvation, you keep focusing on what's really important, man, all this other stuff is going to take care of itself. Every inch of it. And we, at least me, I worry about all these other things. But truth be told, if you will just focus in on what's most important and trust that God can provide you the life that you want to live, man, everything else is going to work out. So I guess really, really what I'm trying to say this morning, and I guess if you were going to ask, you know, what should I do? At least for me, it was repent because I forgot, you know, it's easy to forget all the things that God has done. We're standing on a mountain of blessings looking up thinking, God, where are you at? And he's already given us so much and provided so much. If we got nothing else except for the gift of grace, that's all we need. That's all that's most important. Because one day, whenever we do die or we get to go to heaven, man, you need those sins washed away as white as snow. And that's what we're looking for today. So... As the praise team plays, just think about it. Remind yourself. Think about all of these things. Remind yourself of how good God's been.
and where you are now and remember why you started in the first place.